Alright everybody, welcome back to another episode of One of Us Has to Be Right. This week is looking a little bit different just like last week. Josh still has been busy traveling, so at least you guys are in for a treat because I'm not alone this week. And I'm with none other than the Matthew Anstat. Matt, why don't you say hi to the to the lovely folks at home? Hello, everybody at home. It is good to be here. Uh, thank you for having me on, Justin. I've, I will do what I can filling in. Uh, I've got some insights. I'd love to share them. Yeah, uh, super excited that that you're here, Matt. I know me and you originally talked about having our own sports podcast, but he's back with me now. And no Matt from home. We've been friends, oh God, since first grade Miss Monahan's class. But um, too long. Yeah, so let's get right into things. Uh, we're gonna start with scary or scares you, and I'll let you take uh, two teams slash individuals, and I'll let you just run it. All right. Uh, for my first team, the team that scares me right now. Well, I'm sorry. The scary one is uh, the one. The one that's one. the one that scares you real goods first, and the one that's that's oh, that's a little scary. That that's the second one. <laughs> All right. The the football team in the NFL right now that scares me real good. Coming into the 2021 season has to be the Washington Redskins, or excuse me, the oh, Washington Football Team. Oh, Matt, you're not gonna be you're not gonna be invited back on if you keep that up. Um, so sorry about that. So sorry about that. Old habits. Um, but the the football team has been making some really nice moves this offseason. Yeah. Even during the season last year, they were a team that definitely got better over the course of the year. I think Ron Rivera knows what he's doing there. He, they made really good changes over the course of the year. By the end, they were winning more games than they were losing. Their culture, the laughing stock that it had become was turning around. And now this offseason, um, they've made some nice acquisitions. They just signed David Mayo yesterday, a linebacker, filled a good yeah. hole there. And most importantly, and the biggest news, of course, coming out of Washington, is that they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick and Curtis Samuel in the last couple of weeks. Well, also, uh, they Fitzpatrick, got they also got Brandon Sheriff back, which is huge for that O-line. That's a little shaky, to say the best. Absolutely. Yeah, they need all the help they can get there. Um, they also signed Tyler Larson at center, which is that too. But um, Fitzpatrick is by far the best quarterback on that roster right now. Um, he's really confident. He's underappreciated, frankly, in the league right now. He's got a gunslinger arm. Yeah. He's not afraid to take shots downfield. And Curtis Samuel is someone who he can definitely take those shots, too. He's a really good deep threat. He's got burner speed. And between him and uh, Scary Terry, they could have a pretty yeah. balanced offense. You know, I think it's really good in the past game, too. They could be a pretty well-rounded team and maybe the favor from that division coming into the year. Yeah, I mean, I want to see – I really want to see them draft a quarterback round one if if any and if any of the top five guys fall to them. Um, I think that that's a perfect situation to sit behind Fitzpatrick, especially after what they've been doing. So, Matt, what scares you? What scares me? I'm keeping it in the NFL for what scares me. And uh, what scares me is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm. Right now. Now, mm. They've, been, they've oh. been getting better over the last few days. They just got under the cap, which is a load off of their fans' minds, I know. But at what cost, right? They've just let go Vince Williams, interior linebacker, who's a big for them. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, debatable how much of an impact player he is. Well, how Bud, much Bud Dupree, is, too. Way, he's Bud Dupree, too. And, yeah, and Bud Dupree. Who, and um, their entire line, you know, their entire offensive line, you know, losing Pouncey, <laughs> Villanueva. Um, I think they lost a guard, too. Yeah, they thankfully re-signed Zach Banner, who will probably move to left tackle now. But yeah. their offensive line was aging, and now it is gone. It is just dead. 
They are in hot water. They refined Ben, brought him back. Don't understand that. <laughs> That's probably the worst move that they made all offseason. Oh, by far. He's throwing a medicine <laughs> ball right now. Ben is he's hurting. I mean, I've heard people complaining about their offense, so the lack of uh, creativity with the short passing game that they were sticking to, I think that might have been influenced by his limitations as a player at this point in his career. Yeah. He's not throwing the bombs that he used to. Yeah. Um, um I want Jake to hear this. I want Jake to hear this podcast. I don't know if he listens, <laughs> but I want him to hear that because he needs to hear that. He does. And uh, really, bringing back Ben is the worst thing they could have done. They're putting themselves kind of in, in well, quarterback purgatory well, you know, because he's not going to be terrible. Well, you know who else is on that? He's not Isn't that be good enough to put them in position for a Spencer Rattler or something down the line? They're just going to be okay, and they're just going to get by. And in the AFC North, that is not good enough. Well, they're they're going to be okay because they have Mike Tomlin. But you know who else is in that quarterback room? Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> are you kidding? I, is, I don't know if Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges are still there, but um, Dwayne Haskins is their backup. You have Big Ben and then Dwayne Haskins. You have no line, no running back. I think James Conner's a free agent this year, too. Um, Juju's gone, your number one receiver. You lost Bud Dupree off the edge. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what they're doing in Pittsburgh. They scare anybody and this might be mike tomlin's first under 500 season would not be surprised so <clears throat> a team that scares me real good and this is this is gonna go a little underrated um because i i had one idea but i want to keep them for a free agent signing team that's really impressed me but a team that scares me and i think everybody should really be on the lookout for are the 49ers getting Trent Williams back, signing Alex Mack from free agency, probably the best, if not, well, after Corey Lindsley, which the Chargers are loading up too. They're stacking up. They just signed Jared Cook to replace Hunter Henry too. Um, not that Jared Cook is a Hunter Henry, but yeah, it's okay. But um, no, a 49ers, if, if they can figure out their quarterback situation, if – if Trey Lance or Justin Fields are still on the board when they're picking, I think at like 12 or something, I think that the 49ers and their defense coming back off injuries, Bosa's going to be back, um, Eric Armstead, um, Jason Barrett's gone now. But uh, they they have some real playmakers on defense, as we know. And, yeah, they scare me, they scare me real good, especially getting Trent Williams back and signing um, Alex Mack. It would definitely be luck if uh, Lance or Fields fall to them there, but even if they have to settle for uh, less than premium talent in the draft at quarterback, Shanahan has a way of bringing out the best in those kinds of quarterbacks, and I think they'll be just fine. Yeah, but that's the other thing. If they if they don't get a core, if there's not one of the top four guys, maybe five, in the first round for Kyle Shanahan, I wouldn't want them to settle for somebody else to take like a Trask just because they they they're gonna be pressed that they need a quarterback. Jimmy G's still there. Um, I, he got him to the Super Bowl. So, you know, he he's not the answer by any means. But I think that I think that they should. I don't think it's unrealistic for them to land Mac Jones. Oh, I, oh, I think he'll definitely be there unless unless Matt Rule is absolutely in love with him after coaching him at uh, senior at the Senior Bowl, which I wouldn't be surprised with that either, even though – I'm not saying he should be picked out. What is what are their pick eighth or something? Panthers are picking eight or something. I don't think Mac Jones is worth eight, but um, yeah. So now I'm not going with the team. I'm going with an individual that scares me really bad. 
and I know we were talking about this earlier, but Deshaun Watson, what's going on with him right now? Nothing good. Three individual suits against him, lawsuits against him for sexual harassment. Um, I don't know how legitimate it is, and I'm not going to put anybody at fault until things are all settled, but that's not, it's not a good situation to be in right now. I'll tell you that, you know, trying to get out of, trying to get out of Houston. Maybe that's why, maybe that's why he was trying to get out of Houston, escape, escape all the masseuses, trying to jump town. escape all the masseuses there that, that are going to be calling for his name soon. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, Deshaun Watson, I hope it all gets cleared up. I hope none of it's true. Um, but that's that's not a good look for him. It's not a good look for the Texans trying to move him. Even though they say they're not going to move him, they're trying to move him. Um, but yeah, Deshaun Watson, good. Uh, it's it scares me. Um, Whatever happened there, less than ideal for all parties involved, for sure. Yeah. Oh man. So we're moving on to free agency. Last week was absolutely crazy. We saw Patriots signing everybody and their brother. We saw. The Jets making some low-key good moves. We saw the Giants waiting to the last moment to even consider doing anything. Um, we saw Jaguars with the most cap space in the NFL doing the bare minimum and keeping our fans in purgatory. And we saw some really big signings. Bless up to the uh, to the Chargers for picking up their guy, Corey Lindsley. Um, so I want to hear one team that you're super hyped for and another team that you think kind of missed the mark here this free agents this free agent i guess just frenzy if you want to call it that all right um one team that i think did really well in free agency so far that i think is for the most part flown under the radar is the tampa bay buccaneers the returning champion Buccaneers. Mm. okay Just by virtue they haven't gone out and got a bunch of new big names but they've been able to bring back some very big names. Yeah. people that i thought would be walking um people like chris godwin levante david jack barrett I mean, even Tom Brady, these are people that I didn't know for a fact if they'd be able to bring them all back, and they have, and they're yeah, disappointing for other teams around the league, and really scary, because they are reloading. Not to mention, like, secondary players like Ryan Suckup and Gronk, but yeah. they're even in talks now to bring back people like uh, A.B., Dominic Su, Lombardi Leonard. <laughs> he, well, he's, really oh, where's, where's, Fournette, I think, is looking at the Patriots, too. Um, it was either the Patriots or the Bucks for this year, but yeah, I mean, if I just want to say Matt's probably the biggest one of us has to be right fans that I've ever <laughs> talked to, and I couldn't be more thankful for him. So, I mean, as as you heard the other week, I was surprised that the Bucks didn't tag Shaq Barrett. I thought that that was the one piece that they really needed, especially with with how loaded this receiver market was. You know, maybe you don't have Chris Godwin, but Will Fuller isn't a terrible backup. A, a replacement, a Curtis Samuel's not the worst. Especially considering what they already have. Yeah. Um, so I, I was a little shocked. And like I said, unless they know that they're getting their guy back and they got their guy back, they got Shaq Barrett back. Um, yeah. Levante David's back. I think, I think Sue does come back. I don't know if Lenny's going to be there, but um, I, I don't know where else AB could go. Uh, pfft, nobody wants AB besides Tom Brady. Bruce Arians didn't want, Antonio Brown. Um, but yeah, so now, who do you think really missed the mark this last week? I don't like 
what has gone on in New England. Mm. The, uh, I like the, the I like that take. I love that take. Yeah, I, I don't love what they're doing over there. I mean, where they spent their big money was at the tight end position. They landed Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. Oh, I was so I was so livid when I saw that. As a, I just I don't understand. I wanted one of the two guys because the safeties Johnny were taken Smith away is from me. Money mm. that should be reserved for Travis Kelsey and players of that caliber. And Johnny Smith, George Kittle, is Darren a very Waller. good tight end, but he's not at that top level. No. He's not a Darren Waller. He's not a George Kittle. No. And Absolutely. he doesn't deserve the money that he's getting there. No offense to him. I'm happy he got paid. Yeah. But the money that they're spending there, they're trying to bring back these these glory days of Gronk and Aaron Hernandez <laughs> when they don't have a Tom Brady to throw it to him. Cam Newton is, is not the answer. My quarterback. Well, there. also Cam Newton's um, contract. What, what what was that? What was that? No we can idea. talk about tight ends, but we're going to give Cam, what is that, close to 14 <laughs> to 16 million? Are you kidding me? Yeah, it, it makes no sense to me. I I think he's mm. the second most overpaid quarterback in the league right now, maybe behind Taysom Hill. Oh, uh, don't I get me they're... started on Taysom Hill. <laughs> and then they're going to sign James Winston to like a $15 million or 12 I think it's like $12 million after you already paid. I don't know what Sean Payton's doing. Down oh, there. my God. Yeah, that's... But uh, mm. they're overpaying a tight end. They're overpaying a quarterback. I think they're paying a bit too much for Nelson Aguilar. Way too much for Nelson. Way too much for Nelson Aguilar. Isn't he getting like $10 million or something? Yeah, something. I think more actually. Like thirteen. Something around there. Oh yeah. my god, he had an okay and season last that, year, but yeah, he, and he's not going to do it as well with uh, Cam throwing to him as he did with Derek Carr. And other than those players, Matt Judon, I like that addition. Yeah, I, I really like the Matt Judon. I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Uh, just so you guys know, Matt Matt and I are on Zoom, and I got a speaker, so whenever I talk at the same time that Matt talks, my speaker doesn't let Matt talk. So, um, sorry, give that to me one more time. Sorry for the technical difficulties there, folks. I like the Matt Judon acquisition. I think that they need that pressure. Chase Winovich is not cutting it there. Mm. But um, I other like than Chase that, Winovich. The players added, I like Winovich too, but he's not, you know, he's not a game breaker. And I think most of the other additions are just not needle movers. They're not big deals. And it's weird that the Patriots are spending this money on. Yeah. Yeah, Bill. Bill's not known for for uh, burning a hole in his pocket. Um, so yeah, a team for me that I think is flying under the radar, but made some huge moves. The Kansas City Chiefs. Oh my God, losing Eric Flowers and Mitchell Schwartz. Everybody was like, "How? Oh, what? I was like that. I was literally sitting here like, how do you get rid of both of them? And look what they did." Picking up Rodney Hudson from the Raiders for a third-round pick. Getting Joe Tooney. Getting Kyle Long to come out of retirement on on, on a low-number deal. Patrick Mahomes restructured, so now you have more money to work with. Who thought that the... They pulled an offensive line rabbit out of their hat. They really did. And, you know, being at, being at 31, there's going to be some guys, if they want to take a receiver there to beef it up since Sammy Watkins is gone, even though I, I, I would like to see McCole Hardman in a bigger role. Um, they they really could use a lot of edge help or, or even another tackle. If, imagine imagine they get Rodney Hudson, Joe Tooney, Kyle Long, and and another one at like the fifth best tackle. Maybe a Dylan Raddins. Dylan Raddins. Um, I, know, I know you didn't like my Tevin Jenkins take. I love Tevin Jenkins. But 
if they could if they could get one of those guys too, the four new starting offensive linemen. Uh, Andy Reid, he's got the right idea. Like, I right, and that is dangerous. That's a tough way to start the yeah. year. It, it takes a little while for you to get the the kind of gel that you need for that new offensive line. But just the fact that they have the talent in place is huge. Yeah. Um, okay, and then one team that really has disappointed me. I'm a little biased. I was gonna say the Saints, but you kind of took it from me too, with the with the Taysom Hill stuff and and um and the Jameis Winston signing. I like I said, I don't get those. I don't get the Jameis Winston and Cam Newton money because you had them both for the veterans minimum. You had them both on about I think a million and a half last year, and this year after not performing whether it's because they were benched or whether it's because they're garbage. And don't get me wrong, Cam had COVID, and I know it shook a couple things up. But to give them both over $10 million? And then Taysom Hill, you're going to pay. You're going (laughs) to pay a running back $40 million a year? Give me a break. But like I said, being a biased fan, Jaguars, what are you doing? What are you doing? Overpaying for Shaquille Griffin. Um, 10 years, $40 million for him. I, or, I definitely said 10 years. Three years. Three years. Like 40, 40 or $44 million for him. I don't get that. And then after that, the other big signing that we got is Marvin Jones. Solid. Solid. But, come on, we couldn't have done any better than a 31-year-old receiver. The contract is really friendly. I think it's two for 14. But then besides that, with the most cap space in the NFL, the youngest team last year with the worst record, you get Carlos Hyde. You get Jihad Ward. You get Roy Robert Roy Robertson Harris. I was hoping uh, Cooney would end up there. I was hoping anybody else would end up there. I was so mad when all the safeties got taken and then both tight ends went there when the Jaguars... I don't even know if we have... I think we have one starting tight end on our roster right now. Because we just we just sent our backup tight end to the Ravens for a conditional pick. So, Urban Meyer, if you want to rebuild the tight end room, and you have Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, Jared Cook, Kyle Rudolph on the uh, out there, and you take no one. Pat Fryermuth, I hope you're ready to be a Jaguar. Because <laughs> I don't get it. Um, you're signing role players... Not terrible contracts, but you have the most money in the league. Look what happened when we spent all that money in 2016. When we got Calais Campbell, Barry Church, A.J. Boye. Um, who else did we get there? Malik Jackson. Like, like those big names brought us a quarter away from the Super Bowl. Should have been the Super Bowl. But a quarter... Uh, Miles Jack wasn't down on that Tom Brady interception. Just throwing that out there. Blake Bortles, garbage. And I'm glad he's gone. It's the new era, Trevor era. But Jaguars, put some pieces around him. Yeah, DJ Chark's a stud. LaVisca Chanel has the most broken tackles of any receiver last year, and he only played half the year, which is crazy to me. Um, James Robinson's going to be great. Interior line's awesome. I hate the Cam Robinson re-signing. Um, he's, not, he's just not good. Um, but whatever. We live in the Jaguars purgatory. That is being a fan. And... <clears throat> Yeah, so speaking of Jaguars wanting to get Joe Tooney and the Chiefs getting all these great guards, I want to hear 
your top five guards coming into this draft. And I know we're a little pressed on time, so we're not going to spend too, too much time on it. We'll talk order, but, you know, because we have one more segment after this, and I know you got to get going kind of soon. So let's hear your top five guys. All right, I'll, I'll take it pretty quick because I do have that hard out, but I will say that my number five out of Ohio State in this class is Wyatt Davis. Mm, I like that. Uh, he's he's a solid player. He's athletic. He's got really good bend. He moves well. He's good at getting up to the second level. He's got really good hand placement. The only big knock on him that I have is that even for his size, I mean, he's, he's pretty big, especially for a guard, but he's not dominant physically. Yeah. And he's, I don't want to say lazy because he's one of the best in the world at what he does, but he, yeah. he doesn't have the high motor that some of the higher guys on my list. That's like, uh, that's like, that's like, that, that's like that Christian Barmore thing where it's like the highs are really high, but the lows are just such a lack of effort. But if you could have somebody that could really whip him into shape and get him, get his motor going. Exactly. With good coaching, I think he could be a really strong starter in the league. Yeah. At number four, out of Tennessee, I've got Trey Smith. Whoa, whoa, wait a, wait a, wait a damn minute. (laughs) What did you just say? I said Trey Smith. I'm not as high on him as some people. He's a bum. He's a certified bum. I have no idea what you're talking about right now. I've never seen a lineman more stiff than Trey Smith. And that's why he's at the guard position. He's not that stiff. Oh, man. That's crazy. He doesn't move fluidly. He's he's slow. He doesn't have great bends, but he's got really good hands. He's so strong. He's 6'6", 330, can manhandle defensive linemen, even at the NFL level, I think. And he's smart. He's got a good head on his shoulders, keeps his head on a swivel. He's a smart blocker. He's not fooled by blitzes and stunts and stuff. He's going to be a valuable presence on a team that takes a lot of passing. The second that you get a speed rusher coming at him, he's done. He's done. Yeah, he might be able to overpower somebody, but all you got to do is just get to his outside hip and he's done. And Matt, I just want to say... He's said than done. His hips are about five yards wide. <laughs> I just want to say, Matt, when you think about it, th- these big boys could have been you right now. Oh, my God. I don't mean to bring it up, but... In case you guys didn't know, Matt was blessed with the 6'6", like, I think, like, 780 frame of just pure muscle. and Slightly embellished. Um, who's, who's to say, really? But yeah, but I mean, I'm hey. I'm not on my own top five. I I got I got Will Fries in my top five. Oh, don't tell me that. <laughs> but, um, okay. <laughs> So that was that was a freezing cold take at four. So heat me up with number three. Who do you got? Oh, crowd. All right. At number three, honestly, if that's how you feel about uh, Trey Smith, you might not love this one either. I've got out of Oklahoma, Creed Humphrey. I don't mind that. I don't mind Creed. Right. I like him a lot. He's 6'5", 320. Yeah. This fella is dense. He, He's yeah. not a mover. Well, he gives me Rodney Hudson vibes. That, I like that comp. Yeah, he's, he's dense, but he's absolutely immovable like you cannot move him defensive tackles will not knock him off the ball and he's really good at recognizing his body type and recognizing what he can do with it he gets really good leverage he's got good hips he's good at using his body and putting it in the way of people and just he's an excellent pass blocker and i think he'd do well even on running teams as long as they're not like a a zone run team yeah san francisco or tennessee no definitely i i'm high on creed humphrey big fan 
All right, so now that you've thawed me out, who do you got? Who do you got at number two? At number two, and I think a lot of people have him at number one, and I get why. I totally do. I have Elijah Vera Tucker. Oh, interesting. 6'4", 315. I know a lot of people also list him as a tackle. No, I don't like him as a tackle. I don't like him as a tackle at all. Yeah. he's uh, For a guard, he'd be athletic. He's got really strong legs. He's high motor. He's got really great effort. You see him making blocks like 10, 15 yards downfield sometimes. He's physical. He could be a really great player, but I don't see him playing tackle. No. Oh, no. He shouldn't be a tackle. But as far as interior linemen go, you got somebody better than him? I think I do. Can I guess? Sure. Is it the Alabama standout? It nice. Is. Okay. Okay. At number one, as Justin has correctly guessed, I've got guard slash center, Landon Dickerson. Mm-hmm. Towering six foot six, three twenty five. He's a big fella. There, there are a lot of big boys in this draft. Like there are like yeah, especially on the interior offensive line. There's a lot of size. Mm -hmm. Um, which is why someone like Wyatt Davis almost seems undersized at six four, which is crazy. (laughs) That's insane to me. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but Landon Dickerson, he's a big fella, strong run blocker, strong pass blocker. He's got some really excellent hands. Once he's mm. got really good hand placement and he's got an iron grip. He's a really smart blocker. The only red flag with Landon Dickerson, as everybody knows, is the injury history. Yeah. In five years of play, he's had four pretty catastrophic injuries, mm-hmm. and that is a big red flag. And it's going to hurt his draft stock. Yeah, but that's I think why... as long as he stays healthy, he could be an immediate game changer on the offensive line. Yeah, that's the only reason why he's a little lower on my list than yours. It was it was the injuries. Insane talent. Um, I'm going to go through my five. So, I got. The Ohio State boys back to back, Josh Myers and then Wyatt Davis. I really like Josh Myers. I think that that he's gonna he's gonna really solidify somebody's interior line. Gives me those like fresh out of the gate Kyle Long vibes. Everybody's just a Chiefs lineman today. Everybody's just a new Chief, <laughs> newly acquired Chiefs lineman. Um, I got Wyatt Davis at my four personally. Uh, and then I got Landon Dickerson at three. Just like I said, purely because it scares me a little bit. Uh, I got Big Boy Creed. At two, I, I think, I, I think I think people are sleeping on Creed Humphrey a little bit, like you're saying. Creed Humphrey's a tough man in a phone booth. Yeah, and then like I said, I I have Elijah Vera Tucker at my one. Um, I'm really excited to see what he can do on the inside, but um, but yeah, so it's not a bad class for the offensive line. But oh, okay, sorry, I I meant to say this earlier, but I know how we were ripping on the Patriots, but their line. Their O line's looking kind of nice. It is. That's a good point. Shaq Mason, uh, Michael Luanu, Trent Brown is now back. That's and they just they just resigned their center David Andrews, which is huge. Um, so I will say that their line's going to keep Cam upright. He's going to stay upright. Um, I don't know how much that'll help him. But. Well, yeah. I mean, doesn't matter how upright you are if you're throwing picks every three, three throws. But um. Okay. At least we'll be throwing picks in the direction of John Smith. <laughs> so, we're moving on to our last segment here. Now, I just want to preface, me and Matt are absolute no experts when it comes to college basketball. In the slightest bit. We're going to watch the tourney. We're going to watch the tourney. We're in our own little, just like bracket. Um, But, one, who do you have going all the way, Matt? 
All right. So as Justin has provided you with a disclaimer, I am uh, I'm not a basketball guy. These picks are not founded on any real strong uh, base of basketball, especially at the college level, any basketball knowledge. But I think in my bracket, the team that has a like a really good shot of going all the way as a dark horse this year is Villanova. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's about the response I've been getting. But, I don't know, I like it. I like it. Okay, I first, I, I got Gonzaga going all the way. I think that they're just an absolute wrecking ball of a team. I think Illinois could also take it. But, speaking of Illinois, Matt, I want to hear some upsets that you have in your bracket. Could be from any, well, um, could be from any sort of seed beating anybody. I just, I want to hear some, some big, crazy things. And here's the thing: I can't talk because these are upsets. You know, it's not like I can't be like, "Oh, are you out of your mind?" I don't know anything about college basketball as much as your average other football fan. But I, I'm just, I want to hear who you got. Give me some upsets. All right, but real quick, I will say that Gonzaga is a solid pick. I have them losing to Villanova in the yeah. final. I think they are an incredible yeah, team. And if they win, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, Gonzaga losing to Villanova. <laughs> yes, nice. I do. Nice. Um, but speaking of upsets, as you alluded to, I, I do have one in my bracket involving Illinois. And this, this is maybe the most outrageous prediction I've ever made in relation to sports. Um, this is it's outlandish. It's not expected. I don't even really have any great grounding for it, but I'm going to say that Illinois exits the tournament in round one <laughs> against uh, the esteemed Drexel University. <laughs> um, I don't know if I'd love it, but watch out. They're going to shock the world. Drexel Dragons. Um, Philly, Philly represent, man. Um, so the first upset that I really have that's like pretty big is oh let's see anybody good here so here's the thing I pick my teams based on how teams normally play in uh, March not necessarily how they are now but like if you see constant people going all the way so with that being said this is an upset for me and probably everybody else but I have University of North Texas beating Purdue round one. That is certainly an upset. And then I have Winthrop beating Nor- Nova first round as well. Yeah, that, that obviously doesn't jive with my bracket. but. <laughs> um, yeah, I also got Cuse winning. I got them beating San Diego State, even though that was a really tough one because San Diego State is hot as heck right now. And, I mean, I have, I have USCB beating Creighton. Nothing else too outlandish. Do you have any other insane um, either upsets or just matchups that you want to just talk about? I uh, actually also have Cuse in round one. Um, maybe it's just a name recognition thing, but yeah. uh, I, I like Cuse in the tourney. It's just it's just and hard to it's just I hard also, to it's just hard to bet against Cuse. Yeah, I like the orange, and uh, I also have Liberty winning in round one. Liberty and, winning. Uh, that's also an upset. Really, I like Liberty. Yeah, eating okay. Do you just you just like Liberty? I mean, I don't know much about the university academically, but yeah, I like their team. Yeah. Interesting. You know what? I I want to see I want to see Laloya and sister. Oh, what what oh, what was that old? Remember what? You remember that that old lady that was like their their like in resident nun. 
Loyola. Yeah, Chicago. No, I have no I think, idea what you're I think her about. name is like Sister Mary or something, but she was just like super old, sweet lady that would go to all the games, and she was there like good luck charm <laughs> on that one year that they had like that insane run that nobody predicted, and they were like a 16 seed. Um, but yeah, I just, I want like them beating Illinois would be insane. It would. Chicago, LaLoya, Chicago, beating Illinois. <laughs> Dude, oh. I, I hope so. Illinois wouldn't be the same. But, um, yeah, I'm excited for March Madness. Opens up Friday for anybody who is listening. Um, and I want to thank Matt again just for coming on the show, filling in for this week. I really appreciate it. And um, My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And, yeah, so instead of me and Josh, I guess this week one of us has to be right. And you didn't get it. That's why you're wrong. So you might both be right. Well, okay. First of all, Illinois losing. Sure. No. Illinois losing. So here's why you're wrong. I had to. We had to fit it in there. We had to fit it in the episode. Um, yeah, one of us has to be right. Thank you so much. And hopefully Josh is back with us next week. <laughs>